and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk to them when they are at home, when they are on the road, when they are going to bed, and when they are getting up. Deuteronomy 6, 6-7, New Living Translation. Strikers, how are we intentional with our kids? Let's discuss next on The Mighty Anvil. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. 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 This setup sounds really good. Yeah. Well, we don't have the refrigerators going and the AC above our head. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's. I'm hoping for some quality sound here. Mm-hmm. We got dogs, but mm-hmm. you know that's fine. Strikers, yeah. just to let y'all know we are not recording in our old home place. We are actually in my home in my office. So uh, yeah, hopefully it sounds a little bit better to you guys. Uh, the brushing. What do we got at Grace Point Family Church? Uh, Grace Point Family Church on the 11th. We're having Anna's community. Uh, parade and this community parade um grace point family church will have its own float um it is a citywide thing so there's going to be a lot of businesses involved um the 19th is the women's christmas lunch at grace point and 24th and 26th we're doing our uh, 24th is our christmas eve service it will be online only and then the 26th is our sunday service which will also be online only just because we want everybody to you know Obviously, fame is in town. You're going to be traveling, whatnot. So stay home, enjoy your family. Um, you know, don't worry about trying to get up early with hustle and bustle and trying to get everybody out of the house at that time. Um, other than that, we have uh, Grace Point is our permanent food bank in Anna, Texas. Uh, anybody that finds themselves uh, food insecure at any moment can uh, stop in and do a little uh, shopping per se and uh, pick out some stuff that you're going to actually eat. Uh, Grace Point is open Monday and Wednesday from. 4 to 7 p.m., and it's also open Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon. Right on. Hey, uh, Elevate Life, we have, when you hear this episode, tomorrow, December 7th, there will be a, f- a, f- a food drive. I think there is a food drive There is a food drive, But there's yes. also a blood drive going on, too, right. so uh, step up and give that blood. I know Halloween's over, but, you know, let's do what we can. Uh, so, brace or embrace events. Guys, uh, I appreciate y'all's help. We are at $1,445. So, that is going to be 1,000 push-ups. And at this time, 445 sit-ups that Alan and I will be doing. Hopefully, we can get some more money going on. I'm already hurting. You're already hurting? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, there's a couple events coming up for Grace Point. There's uh, Not Your Typical Angel Tree uh, now through December 31st. And then on January 25th, there's first steps for uh, learning mm-hmm. how to uh, engage with Embrace and maybe uh, adopt a kid uh, or find a home for that. So uh, that's uh, that's what we're trying to accomplish until the 31st. I got some news from Denise Kendrick this week. 
um, the house or the apartment building that they were looking at purchasing is moving faster than what they thought. Nice. Uh, there is a foundation. It's the Love Life Foundation that is willing to match any donations up until the 31st. So with our money that we're going to be donating, uh, the Love Life Foundation will be matching that. Okay. And then anybody else who gives. So uh, this is an opportunity. The, the goal for Embrace is $42,000. So let's uh, do what we can to help uh, foster the foster kids in the area. And that is where we're at. So questions or comments, feel free to email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at Mighty Anvil Pod, Mighty, Mighty Anvil Podcast. You can also find our Facebook group, The Mighty Anvil. And for those that are not tech savvy and you just want to uh, listen right off the website, you can go to themightyanvil.com. Right on. All right, so uh, we got a, a familiar guest for the U Strikers, someone who has been around a couple of times here. Um, what else? Definitely knows about parenting because he's had plenty of practice with, I believe, 10 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get him a TV as well so that he can stop stop that. You know, find some other way of uh, entertaining yourself. I, I think we figured out what was causing that. Oh, okay. He got that fixed. <laughs> and uh, he is, he's also just had a birthday. He did just yeah. have a birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy well, 70 years old. 70 years young. 70 years young. Okay, yes. we'll go with that. Yes. Absolutely. How, how you, what's the secret to staying so young? What do you, lotion. Look at this. He, lotion. He, doesn't, he doesn't look like he aged at all. He doesn't. Uh, lotion, you know, man. I, I, I would have guessed he's maybe, maybe yeah. 73, but I would have never guessed 70. Oh, okay. We got jokes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but we got Alonzo Marsh uh, with us and his son, to keep him honest, we have Jules. Uh, Jules. Yeah. I don't know why I keep hearing the S anywhere, but do you hear that a lot? I hear that often. It's yeah. Jules. It's not Jules. Run the Jules. <laughs> Run the Jules. <laughs> right on. Well, welcome... Uh, Thank you for having me. Favorite uh, Saturday morning cartoon? Ooh. I'm a classic guy. I like the old school cartoons. Okay. So uh, I would say... Punky Brewster. No, I don't know. <laughs> the Jetsons. Okay. Ah, the oh, Jetsons. Man. Jetsons. I well, they foretold the future, although they're a little <laughs> off. <laughs> Someone else Whatever is watching them too. Yeah. <laughs> Alonzo, yeah. how about you? Did they have cartoons back in your day? Yeah, they did, man. They're and, black and, and white. And listen, I'm, I'll tell you, my my uh, favorite Saturday morning cartoon was uh, Mighty Mouse. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you never Mighty thought Mouse? it was weird that he would go into the poppy field and pull up a whole bunch of dust and then just... Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I didn't understand that back then. Yeah, neither did I until uh, just recently. <laughs> I was like, hey, that guy, he knows how to party. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> um. Uh. Jules, what are three things that you see in other people that you admire? <clears throat> Kindness. I think that's a big one. Uh, discipline. I think that's important. It tells a lot about someone's character. And... Hmm. You mentioned discipline, and I find it interesting. Like I took, I've got my core values on my mirror in my bathroom. And I brought my kids in one day to go over them. Say, hey, what is this? So love, honor, legacy, discipline, character. Uh, And uh, I haven't looked at my mirror this morning. I forgot what it was. Mm -hmm. I'm out of my practice. Mm -hmm. But uh, I asked them what what each one meant. And they got the discipline. And and to them, that meant punishment and, uh, you know, all the bad stuff. And I was like, wow, I really never really thought about that. For discipline, for me, it's waking up at 4.30, getting to the gym. The things we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier 
those kind of disciplines. But it was interesting the how the little perspective came mm. with the kids. I think uh, discipline is freedom. I think as a kid, discipline definitely felt more like punishment. I think as I've gotten older, uh, discipline is really something that a lot of people don't have. And I think that that makes a huge difference just in terms of the day-to-day. I, th- I feel like it's a, a different way of uh, taking responsibility uh, or taking you know control of certain factors. So I, I enjoy discipline now. I find when I don't have it, then that's when things start to go awry. Uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So we're here mm. to talk about Father Knows Best. Did you all ever, yeah. did you ever watch that show when you were? Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It was a long time ago, in the '56, I believe. It was in the '60s. '60s. Yeah, it was in the '60s. Yeah, I tried to go back and watch that show while getting ready for this uh, for this this series, and uh, it. Uh... But one thing about Father about that Father's Knows Best, uh, if you remember those series, the wife was always the one that would come up with the correct solution. But it was the father that always delivered the message and it always had a slight twist that was his. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the guy, the fathers back then had a little bit better uh, reputation. Yes. As opposed to today where they're the heel of, of the show, I feel like. It's and, interesting. And, and, and I think, I think in, in all reality, that within itself is starting to, I can see a huge change in that. Uh, and the men taking the uh, taking the forefront and the head of the family. Uh, I know for myself, when I was coming up, my mom really ran things. And as our sons were coming up, their mom really kind of ran things until to a certain to a certain age. They, you know, she was she was the 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 go to person. And then. Um, Later, uh, later in their childhood, I start to see how, and it's because how the trend started to change, and it's because of some of the some of the uh, internal lessons that I was starting to learn through other uh, other leaders, other men that were leading their families. So, with that said, what, who taught you how to be a dad? Or let's back up. Let's start with, what does fatherhood mean to you? Fatherhood has a lot of different meanings. Uh, as a child, as a, a newborn, you have one one set of rearing ideas for that child because your main your main goal is to make sure that that child is diapered and has a bottle and warm and you know not cold and just those types of things, right? As that child gets a little older and starts to walk, then the the father's uh, position changes because now you're more protective of their area and where they are and where they're running and as they get older that changes again and so on and so forth until they and even when they're adults as a father that you know your fathering changes because now you they come to you for they come to you for information and most and like like Julia mentioned earlier you can find you can find information on the internet on both sides of the coin as much as you, you as much as you want to believe, mm-hmm. if it fits you, then that's what you tend to believe. So fatherhood, man, fatherhood just takes on a lot of different, a lot of different angles. And who taught me? My dad, his brothers, the big guys that ran with my older brother. Yeah. Did they teach you 
like what not to do or do they actually teach you what to do? Does that make sense? Oh, a lot of them taught me what not to do. Yeah. Now, like what was one of those things? Don't jump off the bridge over the Sacramento, I mean, over the uh, St. Joe River. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wait, what? Yeah, don't jump off the bridge over the St. Joe River that ran through South Bend, Indiana. I mean, they would teach, they would tell you things not to do, and but they had done those things, and some of them didn't come up. Oh, mm, that's yeah. not, not good. Yeah, not good. I think I was jumping off of a bridge over here in Carrollton and uh, you had to be careful because there was refrigerators down below as well mm. and other appliances. So it wasn't quite safe, but I never jumped off a bridge. It was never next weekend. I, mean, I jumped out of a plane, but yeah, it's, it's the most fun, fun thing you ever do. Jumping out of a plane. No, that's, that's entertainment. What's the most difficult thing to do as a father? The most difficult thing to do as a father I would say corporal punishment. Corporal I mean, punishment is the hardest thing to do. Why is that? Because because you're 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 actually physically putting your hands on someone that you love. Hmm. I mean it's with and it's it's harder it's hard on any child to do that. It's even harder on little girls yeah. as a as a father. It's harder for the girls too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, I never really found. Uh, I would always make sure that it, the moment was passed, like, "Hey, go to your room," and that my my heat was turned down before I, I gave that punishment. But I, I, you know, you hear spoiled or spoil the rod, spoil, spoil the, the child. child, spare the rod, spare the rod. Sorry, spoil the child. But yeah, what is uh, something that you have learned from your dad that rings true every day? Uh, I think the most, uh, I boil it down to a phrase, I think uh, something that I still, it's just ingrained in me now. I don't think I consciously even think about it. It's just something that is a natural thing. But if you're going to do it right, or if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. So then that way yeah. you don't have to do it again. And I think that, I mean, that that started, you know, doing chores, you know, back when we were kids. And this me being the oldest of the four boys, um, it was always frustrating uh, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that were passed through me that may have been watered down as it got to the younger children. But I remember that very, <laughs> very specifically, you know, just different things, whether that was cleaning the bathroom or something and knowing he was going to come back and look through it. And if it wasn't right, I was going to have to do it again. And if it wasn't right, I was going to have to do it again. And I didn't like you know, cleaning in that way. But now in this, you know, as I'm an adult, like everything kind of operates through that. If you're going to do it, you know, do it right. Yeah. Save, save your own time, make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, you have that type of mindset to it. And so I think that that's been one of the more beneficial ideologies, you know, as I've now 31 years old, like it, you know, permeates through everything I do. Measure, and, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. And did you say that that might've slacked a little bit with the younger uh, well, I just think, uh, you know, naturally being the oldest, I, the youngest one, I don't think he's ever done chores in his life. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It just happens. I think there is certain things that were, you know, passed through me that maybe I even enforced more so than he did on the younger kids, just because that was the way that I was brought up. And so, um, you know, the, the younger one, 
uh, just in terms of certain things, I think he he got the easiest path to a certain extent. I think we kind of went through the trials and tribulations, and he got to reap all the rewards from that. It doesn't uh, sound fair, does it? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> well, why, it's well, why he tends to have a mouth on him these days. And that's but, the uh, advantage. But it's an advantage. <laughs> I, I don't hold it against him. Like I, yeah. I love him. He's he's a brilliant kid. Um, and you know, he's respectful. It's not like, you know, something where he just want to ride, but there's little things, you know, he always complains nowadays because if we have a family gathering, you know, I'm not cleaning dishes. I did it for years. Like you now are old <laughs> enough to do it. Like you, you got yeah. this one. Uh, and so it's little stuff like that, that I like to, you know, enforce that big brother on him every once in a while. I remember while. sitting at a dinner one time with my two sisters and between me and the next one in line, there's 13 years. So I'm already out of the house, almost having kids, and we're having dinner with the, with my dad and my sisters, and and what they were getting away with. I'm like, I I, I called my dad out. I was like, what's going on? Well, you know, they're girls. Oh, what it was is, uh, mm. like the shorts that they were wearing. Like, Dad, there's no no way. Why are you Why are you allowing them to wear these short shorts? He goes, Yeah, there's nothing else to, out there to wear. And I'm like, Man, they got the wool pull mm. over your eyes. Yep. But it's just mm. like me. I remember Duran uh, Duran was a, a really cool group that I grew up with, and I wanted to change my hair to the guitarist, and he was like, there's no way, no way. Uh, good example of yeah. that uh, for me in high school, I always wanted my ears pierced, uh, and that was one mm. of those things that I had to pull teeth to try and get that done, and I didn't get to do it until I was 18. Uh, and it was at, still, even at that point in time, that was a battle to make it happen. And I think the youngest got his ears pierced. I, I mean, I forced that he had to wait for a while, but I want to say that he got it done at maybe like 15 or 16 or yeah, something 16, like that. Yeah, 16, I think he was 16. Uh, and yeah, just, yeah. just that two or three years earlier, like, I don't know, I, I felt some type <laughs> of way about that. Uh, but, you know, it's little stuff like that. And how, why yeah. is that? Why, why do we allow? Well, let me comment on a couple of things. Oh, okay. First of all, the advantage of having having multiple children is exactly what Jewel just stated. Trial and error. Trial and error. And and I don't know if you caught this, but he did a lot of the discipline. Yeah, I did with, I did catch it. Okay, with his little brothers. I didn't have to do that. And with the youngest, it works because if you go if you go when Jewel talked about me coming back and checking check, you know, inspect what you expect. When he was talking about that with Miles, now if you were to go to his place, Miles' place is spotless. Spotless. It is spotless. So he did pick up a lot of what Jewel was putting down, right? Because yeah. if, if if I told him to go do it and Jewel knew he was supposed to do it, then Jewel would go and say, okay. It was going to get done or else it was going to be a conversation with me as right. to why they didn't do what they needed to do. So we are going to do it. Yeah. You know when you go to like a model home to go look at the model home and it's perfect, everything's in the right place, that's how Miles' apartment is. Yeah. yeah. Really? Everything, yeah. yeah. It, it, looks like, it looks like the one Everything, that they go and show No matter you. where you are. Bedroom, like, closet. It, yeah. It looks yeah. like the one they furnish. I tease about him being like. spoiled, which he is. If he listens to this, Miles, you are spoiled. Uh, <laughs> but he, he he wasn't a brat about it. Like, he's right. a very sharp kid. He, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is on top yeah. of everything. Yeah. So it worked out, you know, well enough. Uh, but you know, I still have a little salt in the wound, <laughs> you know, about how easy his path was. I wonder if, uh, having a bigger brother, you know, going, coming from a brother instead of a dad, you know, I just go back into the conversations that I have with my kids and they don't want to listen to me, but I wonder if it's easier to listen to an older brother. 
What do you? What, what's your thought on that? No. <laughs> uh, being the older brother, I mean, I think that the, I naturally got a lot of pushback. But being the oldest of four, uh, there was a lot of look. We're in this together, whether you like it or not, and everybody's going to kind of live or die by the same sword. So either everybody gets on board or yeah. nobody's on board. And when three outnumber one, everybody's going to get on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. What is the moment in which you felt the weight of being entrusted with weight with uh, raising a child? Well, there's oh man, there's several moments. I mean, when whenever one of the boys got hurt, that's I mean that's really I mean that's that's heavy. I mean, even when they were little and they would get hurt, you would feel that you would feel that weight, you'd feel that burden. Even as as young adults, uh, you feel that feel that. I mean, Jewel had an an incident with with hot grease and and how old were you then, Joe? You were. I mean, this wasn't too far, but too far along. About long. five, four years ago. Four, yeah, maybe four years ago. Yeah, for a whole bunch of. Yeah. Hot so grease. you still feel you. I mean, you still feel that because what do you do, and how do you do what you feel you need to do? Mm. So it's uh, so you know you. I mean, in those things, it's it's not something that's constant or or it it just when it happens, that's when you feel it. It's it's not a feeling that you that you live with, if that makes sense. It's something that comes up in through situations. Yeah, I think for me it was when my daughter was born and she was the first one born. Uh, you know that tears obviously because I I just saw something so precious. But it was like, whoa, <laughs> I have to, I yeah. have to take care of this. I have to feed this. This is not just uh, yeah. something that I can set aside on special days. Yeah. How about you, Alan? So far, I mean. Yeah, because you're a new dad, new got one, yeah. new got one coming. One I'm terrified. Um, for me, I would say when Isaiah was first born, when I when Isaiah was first born, um, it was just it was. I mean, obviously, like Scott said, tears, first kid, you know, and then uh, seeing him, holding him, and then realizing like this guy's on the grid, like he's got a social <laughs> he's security, on the grid, he's got a social security number, yeah, and when the hospital's like. Hey, just we just need to make sure that the, the car seat buckles in. We're like, okay, cool. So you put in the car seat and they come down and check it and they're like, All right, see you later. And you're like, wait a second, you're not gonna come by and check on us? There's not like an exit <laughs> exam. Nobody's gonna no. like, nope, you guys are good. And then that's what to me that that's the that's the I don't want to call it fear, but that's that's the I guess the apprehension of like, oh this now this is real. This is real now. This is real. And so I'm driving back with my bride and you know, we're driving back, and it's like, oh, it's just me and Shannon. And I look at them, like, oh, what is that? It's a baby. You know, so it's like, wow. Well, actually, actually, we would we took a vote on if he was going to take a taxi home oh, or yeah. drive himself home. Yeah, that was a big baby. Mm-hmm. Isaiah was a big guy. Ten point eight. Ten point eight. Got a question for all of y'all. Do you think it is appropriate for your kids to know what you did growing up, the trouble that you got in, like? There was some heavy partying in my in my days, and uh, for the longest time, my kids didn't know about it. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, my cousins are sitting at the table downstairs, and they're just letting all my skeletons out of the closet. What is your thought on on that? Well, I think I personally think that um, it's important for them to know, but I think it's more important that the time that you let them know. Yeah, I think I think there's for the, sure context. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that there's different phases of life where, where there's a different maturity level of being able to understand and 
I mean, even the context of partying, right? As, yeah. For a 10 year old, they have zero context of what that actually mm -hmm. means. Uh, whereas right. if you have a teenager or even someone in college, like that's a different conversation that you, they, there's more context to what's going on. Uh, and I, I, you know, I don't have a kid yet, but I can just say that again, the oldest brother, you know, my youngest brother's eight years younger than me. So there's a little bit of a, a gap there. Uh, and there's just certain phases where you can have a very frank conversation about certain things mm -hmm. and where you can't. Right. And I think every person's a little bit different in terms of how they receive information, where they're at, you know, in a maturity level. Mm -hmm. But uh, to a certain extent, I think some of those experiences, if they have real life application and something that they're going to encounter on a consistent basis, I think that that could be important. There's certain things that personally I, I don't think become relevant uh, unless there is some type of underlying lesson that needs to be needs conveyed. To be hmm. And you know, one thing that I'm doing, and I think I shared this, shared this with you guys before, is in my Bible, uh, I have my study Bible, I'm actually writing uh, my life story at the footnotes in my Bible. And I told the guys, I said, the first one you guys bring me a grandchild is going to get my get my Bible, get Zaz's Bible. And in that Bible, it has everything from Genesis. And I'm still writing. Every day, I'm writing a little bit in my Bible. So that is going to be, they'll, they'll have, whoever gets it will have all the information. <laughs> all of my good stuff and all of my not so. What's now you guys will know where the buried treasure is. Mm. Yes, you will know. Nice. What's the book in the White House that everybody, the presidents get to check out? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Strikers, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes after we hear some of these uh, great um, commercials of ours. And uh, until then, uh, we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts the weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. back uh strikers uh so we got jewel and his dad alonzo marsh uh talking about what it takes to be a dad um alonzo how many how many i, I did mention 10 kids that is, that's a correct number right that is yes how old were you when you had your first kid uh well i was uh the first my first child was born in november i was 16 and i turned 17 that december so they were born november 26th i turned 17 december 5th how has raising those kids, how are raising those kids different than raising the four boys? Oh, it's totally different because my parents raised them. Oh, okay. Really? What was it like watching your parents raise your kids? It was kind of like what Jewel alluded to earlier. Uh, they got away with a lot of stuff that I didn't. Because <laughs> they were grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got away with a lot of stuff that I didn't. Did you uh, at the time go, hey, uh, I'm going to step in here and and make that correction or absolutely not that no. wasn't the kind of thing you did back then oh okay yeah you it, no 
You did not do that. I don't care how old you are. You did not correct your parents. Oh, no, no. I'm talking about, okay, so the... the, the That's correcting your parents. If you step in oh, okay. after they say one thing and you step in and say something else, that 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 error yeah, didn't we, do that. The, uh, that's do what that we now. would call uh, the old school. That the was, old that school, was a different, yeah. Different lifestyle back then. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And... uh I don't know. I, don't I was gonna know. say I don't do that now. I mean, my parents once they right. once once they like, yeah, we're gonna give them yogurt. It's like it's ten o'clock. It's done. It's done. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. It's just yeah. One what, of those things you kind of let go. What's the most ridiculous thing that your grandparents did while they gave your gave you back to your parents? Let me give you an example. So uh, my my mom would watch my kids, and uh, we go over there and pick them up. Hey, how are you doing? Great. Grandma gave us coffee and some sugar, and you know, I'm like. What? Um, I think there's healthy amounts of that always, you know, whether yeah. it's candy or treats mm-hmm. or snacks or movies or toys. Or let you stay like, up late. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're always coming back with something when you go to grandparents. I mean, yeah. I don't think that they would let you leave if they couldn't do that. So right. That was just a byproduct that we knew that was going to be the case every time. That was just that was that was one of those realities that everybody was aware of and we knew we weren't going to get in trouble for it so (laughs) we we might have milked it just a touch (laughs) so you and your wife parent uh your four boys Mm -hmm. do you have a different parenting style than miss heidi oh absolutely absolutely because heidi uh heidi was her rearing was through conversation right mine was corporate punishment who was right and who was wrong I think they both are right. I was, yeah. I, think, I was just trying think, to get you in trouble. Yeah, no. I, I think they both are right to 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 a degree. I mean, I wish I wish my dad hadn't been so tough, right? But uh, but he he was a he was a sibling of eleven brothers and sisters, and they were all eleven. Eleven, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, so was my so was my uh, uh, my mom, right? So, I mean, dude. <laughs> it's a difference in a different time in a different space bringing children is going to be different I would not raise my kids today like I did 30 years ago it would be different because the world is different there's different things that there's there are different elements that you have to make them aware of and teach them about and train them up in uh, opposed to 30 years ago so it, 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 yeah, definitely. When it comes to rearing the the, the wife and the husband, uh, she had her way, and I had and I had mine. When did you notice that you guys had different parenting styles? When I got ready to get behind their butts, and she would go, "Whoa, what are you doing? Don't hit my baby!" <laughs> then I knew, and then we sat down and we talked about it. And she says, "No, my mom, Grandma Betty, worked all the time, so nobody got any corporate." punishment there that i know of do you jewel have you heard of any yeah i don't think so um and i'll say this as you know the kids perspective i think that there's a healthy dose of both i think uh a lot of things we talk about discipline we talk about you know certain structure elements of it had that not been a part or a portion of you know certain disciplinary actions when things go awry i mean four boys that's chaotic house yeah uh had that not happened with me I think that it would have trickled down a different way. That's not to say that, you know, we would have turned out terrible or anything along those lines. But I think again, in just that kind of chain reaction of how all of the boys 
fell in proverbial line, like part of that was definitely a piece of it. And on the other side, like obviously the nuance of both the sides of parenting, you know, with my mom's ability to talk, like there's different things that you could talk to my mom about that would only be a conversation that we would have with her for particular reasons. And then there'd be different conversations that we'd have with him. And so I think that that balance is healthy, you know, not, and to his point about different time frame. I mean, nowadays, I don't even know if you can spank your kid. Like, I, yeah. you know, it's, it's a yeah. very different type of society that we live in. And that's not to say that it's right or wrong or whatever, you know, everybody has their own parenting styles, but I think that there was a level of discipline, respect, for authority, like understanding some rules were not made to be broken or bent. Um, some things mm-hmm. don't have gray areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that those are things that we learned through both of those. Yeah. How did y'all determine who, which way with the, the correction y'all were going to go? There wasn't, there wasn't a point where we made a decision that it's going to go this way or that way. Uh, it was really based on, on the situations. Um, uh, like Georgia said, if it was something that could be talked about and and worked through, uh, then I would take I would take the back seat and let and let their mom handle that. If it was something where they just got totally out of line, where uh, they really needed to you know get a little action, then she would <laughs> you know action, huh? yeah she would step back and 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 then I would you know. Gotcha. What's one thing that you want your children to get? It's one thing you want them to understand. How important legacy is. I want them to understand how how important it is for them to catapult from our shoulders to watch what we do and and take it to the next level. If that makes sense. It does. How do you raise them with eternity in mind? Speaking of legacy, how do you well, through action, mostly, through action, through conversation, um, because most things are caught rather than taught. So if they see it, it's easier for them to believe it as they see us walk through it, their mom and I walk through it, rather than us say, do this, do that, don't go there, go here, because mm-hmm. every 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 sibling have to learn things in their own in their own time in their own way and to understand really the revocations of what it is that they're going through so that would be i mean legacy is very very important and they i believe our sons understand that and i believe that they see the legacy that their mom and i are are, are leaving so what's uh the legacy something in that term coming from your, your parents, from your grandparents to you that you want to instill in your kids? So I'm big on legacy. Uh, I've actually had some pretty uh, in-depth conversations about this recently. And I think, you know, legacy, it's something that, that definitely, you know, you're focusing on what is going to last over time, right? What am I going to leave behind when everything is said and done for my own life? Uh, and legacy is a result of who you are, not necessarily mm-hmm. what you say or what you act what you leave. Yeah. Uh, and in the same way that children watch everything that their parents do, you know, yes. whether they, whether you want them to or not, they are some of the most observant 
creatures on the planet, they're picking up what you're doing. That never really changes. And I think in the spirit of what we were talking about earlier, in terms of at different phases, there's different advice, there's different situations or lessons that can be learned. As I get older, I understand legacy way more in depth than what I did as a kid. And I watch those things. I see those things. I watch how my parents interact with people. I watch what people say about them. I see what they do in their you know, day-to-day activity, how we communicate, how we love each other. All of those little things that seem insignificant uh, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis are really everything when you're talking about eternity because the feelings that are going to be left with us, the lessons that are going to be left with us after you know their time has come and passed are going to be the things that we teach our children. Uh, and that's only going to be a result of what we lived out. So how well did we learn that? How well did we observe that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that is of the utmost importance. And so, you know, it comes back to the discipline thing that I was talking about earlier. Uh, you have to be disciplined to cultivate that. You know, we are always continuing to grow. You know, there's all kinds of different things out there that talk about, you know, it takes 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to build a habit or, or what have you. In reality, habits take a lifetime to build because if you break it one time, that habit is broken. So that mm-hmm. discipline to continue to do the deep work, to continue to develop yourself, that is legacy. That is something where if you can commit yourself, then that is what your kids and children are going to inherit. And that's what's going to be you know, boiled down. You can only learn what your parents have taught you. So, Jewel, you mentioned being the, being the kid and watching your parents. What's one thing that you've seen your parents do that tells you, like, man, my parents really love each other? I've seen them go through some things. Uh, I've been there firsthand. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, who they are today is far beyond who they were 10 years ago and then 20 years ago. You know, it, watching that continued growth. They've In a world that we live in today where the divorce rate is 50% and most people unfortunately don't make it, um, they have had ample excuses to not push through it. And to see them power through that uh, for various, you know, circumstances and, and decisions that they've made, uh, and to see where they are now, the community that they have around them, the friends that they have around them. Uh, had you asked me when I was 10, would I think that they were here or when I was 15 or when mm-hmm. I was 20? Probably not. I wouldn't think mm-hmm. that they would be here, uh, whether or not they'd be together. That remains to be, seen. I, I don't know. I probably would have assumed that hopefully, uh, but they had every excuse not to. And so, there's a lot of uh, knowledge and wisdom to come from watching that, uh, being in it and being out of it. You know, when I left for college and then moved away, like you know, I lived on the complete opposite side of the country where I didn't see my family as much. And so I was a little bit uh, removed from the inner workings of the familial situation. But then when I came back into it to see that progress and that's not to say that they're perfect. I love you, but you're not perfect. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh. I am but, not perfect. But, but, I'm under construction. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But you he know, it's it. just, it's a different, um, they come from a different stance now. Like they're able to talk through things that they never were able to talk to through when they were kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell you watching that firsthand. And so when you talk about, again, going back to the legacy thing, you know, when I go through things in my relationship and have conversations, there's wisdom to be had in, in terms of how I perceive things in a stubborn 31 year old mindset versus where I'm watching, you know, a seven year old man that is now able to be able to have conversations that 
probably wasn't able to have when he was 31. Right. And so there's a lot of things that I kind of pick up on that. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, how different are you from him when you were 31? <clears throat> totally different. Yeah? Was, yeah. When I was 31 years old, um, Heidi, Heidi teases me from time to time because I think when I was in my 30s, I had, and maybe a little earlier than that, maybe early, late 20s, I would always have this statement that I would say, community of self. And it's embarrassing to say that. But, um, and I'll tell you exactly what I meant when I said that. It's all about me. It's all about you. It's all about me. How's that changed? Oh, totally. It's never about me anymore. Yeah, it is never about me. Uh, a good example of that, you know, uh, we just like we mentioned earlier, I just celebrated my 70th, 70th birthday yesterday. And um, the people that celebrated me uh, on that on that day, I, I kind of got I got teary eyed because I thought about I looked I looked over the people that were there that were celebrating me. And I said and I said, out, oh, if you guys knew me. 20, 30 years ago. I don't think you would be in this room hmm. because, and it was a little more than 20, 30, I'm maybe 40 because I'm 70. Yeah. So maybe 40 years ago. But anyway, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the growth, man, that, that we go through. And, and I, and I put, I give a lot of that to my faith and what I believe in. And I, and I, uh, you know, I'm walking with Christ now. Then I didn't. When my sons were young, I I knew about Christ. Yeah. But I wasn't walking with Christ. I wasn't trying to be a advocate of Christ. I wasn't trying to understand what that relationship looked like or even was at that time. So that's the big that's that's the huge difference. And that's what Jewel sees. That's what Colton sees. That's what Trenton sees. That's what all of his brothers and sisters, that's what they see now. So knowing that faith is a big thing to him, how has that impacted your life? Is that something that you follow him in the footsteps or? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody has their own walk, I mm -hmm. think, um, at different phases. I think it has different types of importance. You know, I think as, as you start to get older, I think again, it ties back to legacy becomes more direct and definitely more close, <laughs> you know, right, because right. it's yeah. like, okay, what am I, what, what is everything that I've done led to? Who am I? What am I leaving behind? Transparently, you know, and I'm 31, but when I was 20, I'm invincible. Like the end is, light years away i don't have to think about that uh and at 31 i think that there's it still permeates in a lot of things right like uh, right now i'm in the hustle of life and career and building you know what i envision for my future uh and it's very easy to get lost in that um fortunately uh, i'll tie it back to just how i've seen my mom and dad grow uh in their relationship there's power there and i think that it's something that as a kid, you know, we went to church. It wasn't like we never went to church, but it was something that, again, in watching what was lived out versus what was being told, there wasn't as deep of a connection there. Now, it definitely is evident. And 
I think that it's important in terms of how I go about it because I think about, again, what is the legacy? What am I going to be leaving to my kids when I start to have children? Because, uh, you know, that's probably not too far off. Uh, and so in order to be walking and living the way that I want to be an example, because they're observing everything, it requires me to actually make conscious decisions around that. And so in a world that is becoming uh, ever more separated from that, I think just in terms of, you know, what's going on in today's state of society, uh, it becomes even more, so, more important to guide, you know, live your life by that. And so it's important. I, I think that it's, I mean, it's everything right at the end of the day, when you're talking about eternal uh, perspective, it's everything. Um, but it, it's a good reminder just to see, I mean, just in terms of conflict or disagreements or any of those things that watching how they communicate those things, it's, vastly different than how it was when we were kids. Hmm. All right. So Alonzo, uh, what do you want your children to know about God himself and about life? Well, first thing, the first thing is, is first, I want, I want them to know that, that, uh, the path is narrow and, and the only way, the only way to achieve all that, all that God has, put you on this earth to do is to understand that he is he is the same yesterday today and forever and he is the father of our universe he is a, he is the gateway into heaven he is the gateway into your eternal life that's what i want them to know what i want jewel to know is that with god all things are possible not some things but all things are possible with god all of all of the accomplishments that he will have in his lifetime, all the challenges that he will face in his lifetime, all of the ups and downs that he will have in his lifetime, I want him to know that he is never, ever alone in any of that. That the Father of the universe, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is with him all the time. What do you want Jules to know about himself? Jules, sorry, I don't know why I'm hearing that, that okay. S all the time. But what do you want Jules to know about himself? that he is capable and he can, with Christ, he can do all things. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, I caught that. All right. Jewel, I need a piece of advice. Uh, I've heard a lot of wisdom from you tonight, so uh, I'm going to give you a situation that I'm in that uh, we'll see what you got. Okay. So uh, I've been at ELC for 17 years and uh, walking that out and being consistent with it. Um, I am the only one in this house that follows this path. Everybody else thinks, I mean, it's, it's, I put on some worship music. It, there's some anger in the house. Um, and one of the things that I've heard recently, just last weekend from stage, uh, from Pastor Keith, uh, a couple of years ago when we went through SoulCon, mm -hmm. um, it, and it was the same sentence. It was like, isn't it amazing that when a father leads away, the rest of the family will go? And that is, I, I, I have, I've thrown chairs when I've heard that. I've I've lost my cool when I've heard that because I've been doing this for 17 years, but there's no one following me on that path. What kind of encouragement would you give me? I think, you know, patience is one of the most difficult things for human beings to adhere to. Uh, you know, if it's in God's will, it'll be in his timing. Uh, and that's something that is very difficult to grasp, especially as a man wanting to have control over certain things. I think that uh, 
continuing to walk the day-to-day lifestyle is extremely important. You know, I'll, I'll relate it to just in terms of sharing my faith. One of the things that I find has been uh, extremely difficult in a social media world. Um, there's a lot of inputs uh, that people are, you know, digesting through. Uh, and a lot of times it is a, a telling or a talking to of, hey, this is what you need to do or what you should believe or how we should act or where we're going to go. This is just what you should do. And I tie it back to just the walking the walk. The greatest example of what you're trying to instill through how you have changed and grown and been blessed by God uh, in favor and love uh, is to love in those moments where you feel like no one is walking. It's okay. I feel like this may be falling on deaf ears. However, I know that the continual repetition and discipline for me to walk this will eventually rub off. I found personally when uh, I just love on people and have great conversation. You know, I've, I'll tie it back to I've moved many, many times in my life. I've far too many times. I went to nine different schools from kindergarten to 12th grade. Like I, you can drop me anywhere on the planet. I've never met a stranger. One of the things that I realized in that is being able to just find level ground and communicate with somebody opens up the opportunity where, hey, look, I'm not here to enforce an ideology or my faith on you. I'm here to live it and be an example of what it means to be a Christian and to believe in God and to be led by that faith. And I'm hopeful that in the continued exposure to seeing how I love my patience, uh, how I respond to crisis, how I deal with frustrations, uh, where I can be soft when it is very easy to be stubborn and hard. Those are the things that begin to rub off to where it now can become a deeper level conversation. Maybe there's something where it's just, you know, one one of the biggest things is sometimes every, you know, people think they can do it on their own. And, and at some point, usually it will hit them that they can't and they're going to be searching for answers. And that could be the opportunity where you have that conversation. Uh, So I wouldn't allow for it to discourage you in the sense of um, feeling like you're beating your head against the proverbial wall. Uh, Sometimes, you know, that is a difficult thing. We are in a fallen world. (laughs) There are many, many uh, just things that happen on a day-to-day basis that are going to contradict the very lifestyle that you are hoping to instill in your family. Uh, But as the leader, it is your responsibility not only to yourself, but to your family to continue to persevere in those times when Mm -hmm. you feel like people aren't listening or watching or learning. Because the ironic part about that is, is they are. They're absolutely watching. And so your steadfastness will eventually rub off, Mm -hmm. I believe. Are you sure he's not 70 and you're 31? That seems like a lot of wisdom from a 31-year-old. Well, you know where he got him. His mom? <laughs> His mother. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> well, right on. Well, uh, Alan, it is coming about that time. All right. Well, as a uh, – last questions? Uh, I'm, I'm out of my questions. All questioned out. How about y'all? You got any questions for us? No, I don't have a question, but I do have a statement that I want to share with you guys real quick. And, and uh, we, talk about, uh, we talk about rearing our children and, you know, the different things that we go through and, 
and how we we sometimes struggle. But what I want to leave what I want to leave you guys with is we talk about prayer. And I want to read I'm going to read this really quick statement that I wrote about, you know, that I read about prayer that will will set the stage for for moving forward uh in rearing our children and it says the deeper meaning of prayer is not talking. Think about that for a second. The deeper meaning of prayer is not talking. It is abiding. It is enjoying his presence, celebrating Jesus and that Jesus is in the room with you and listening to him. A lot of times, a lot of times when we when we pray about something, we pray thinking that, well, we want to take Christ out of a box and have him handle this situation rather than praying about the situation and being still and listening to the direction of the Holy Spirit because we are we we are spiritual beings having a human experience so when we really understand that then we take we take out what we feel like we can do physically and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through our, through the you know our spirit man to handle the situation so I just want to leave it I just want to leave that note how important it is as you go through the things that you do that you want your children to follow. If you take the time and, and, and really pray about those things and let the Holy Spirit guide you through that, because like we talked about earlier, things are, things are caught more so than taught. And as you continue to play gospel, your, your worship music, and as you continue to speak those things, uh, those positive things, they're catching that. They're catching it. I'll receive that. Yeah, that whole timing thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. can we speed this up a little bit? It's a kicker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, I think that we all, you know, I, I would like to share something that I read the other day. Uh, and we all look at life as like this sprint. And I think that it's definitely not a sprint, right? This mm-hmm. is a, this is an eternal marathon that what we do in this temporary time paves the way for what is to come. And it's very easy in the spirit of, you know, what sprinting is to get tired and, and to want to rest and to want to take a breath. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but we have to understand that this is a long race and it, races are not something that is easy. You have to be trained uh, you know, you're developing the muscles, you're learning how to breathe through that type of stuff. And so what it sounds like is this may just be that temporary moment where we're just catching mm-hmm. some air or needing that second push. And so I want to encourage you. Uh, this was something that I read in, in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 24 through 27. This is an IV version. But uh, do you not know that in a race... All the runners run, but yeah. only one gets the prize. Right. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Yeah. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And I think that if that's the spirit in which... You know, you live your day to day. I think it will all work out in the end. I think that you'll get the prize. There's only one prize worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, if, if you can continue candy? to run that race, no. <laughs> no, it's not candy. Okay. If you can run that race, I think you'll be okay. 
Right on. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh it is uh, a little tough waiting on that time sometimes, but uh yeah, the perseverance, that's a that's the other core value on here that I was trying to think of a while ago is just continuing to to run that race and to uh practice the discipline to get through that cuz mm. yeah, it's good stuff. All right, Alan. Who do we got next week? Next week we have Carlos Borge. Oh, Carlos. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh until next week, strikers. Uh oh. Yeah, I forgot. It's oh. been, this whole room thing is yeah. throwing me off. Uh, we have a tradition uh, that we have our guests pray us out. Your dad's prayed us out a couple of times. So if you uh, would honor us, give yeah. us the honor of praying us out. I yeah. love that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to just congregate as men uh, desiring to become more like you and follow in your footsteps. Uh, we thank you for the ability to have these conversations so that hopefully those out there listening can uh take something from this, apply it to their lives, and uh, continue to take strides toward becoming uh, just the examples, whether that's to themselves, to their families, to their children's. Uh, let us continue to think about the one and only eternal legacy and uh, continue to uh, help guide us and lead us every day uh, as we continue to grow as men. And we appreciate everything that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, strikers. We'll see y'all next week.